Amazon Books, your weekly program about great reads through book talks, trailers, and first chapters. Presented by Mrs. Winningham and Mrs. Kovach. Hi, this is Mrs. Kovach. Today I'll be reading from the book Illuminae. It's the Illuminae Files, part one. It's written by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. The back of the book says the year is 2575 and two rival mega corporations are at war over a planet that's a little more than an ice covered speck. Now with the enemy fire raining down on them, exes, Katie and Ezra are barely even talking to each other and are forced to escape on an evacuating fleet. But their problems are just beginning. The fleet's AI have, has gone crazy. A deadly plague has broken out on one of the ships and nobody in charge will say what's really going on. As Katie hacks into the tangled web of data to find the truth, it's clear that only one person can help her, the ex-boyfriend she swore she would never speak to again. Briefing note. The following are extracts from the debriefing interviews with the subjects of this dossier, Katie Grant and Ezra Mason. The interviews were conducted shortly after the evacuation of Carenza. Inset, January 30th, 2075. Interviewer, tell us about yesterday. Katie, I was in class when it started. This is going to sound stupid, but I broke up with my boyfriend that morning. He was right there on the other side of the room. I was staring out the window, coming up with the things I should say to that jerk, when these ships fly right overhead and the windows start shaking. Interviewer, did you know what was going on? Katie, no, you don't jump straight to an invasion. The Carenza settlement wasn't exactly legal, but we still got traffic around the mine and the refinery. I figured it was just an ore carrier coming in too low and went back to plotting my idiot ex-boyfriend's downfall. Interviewer, when did you become aware of the invasion? Katie, that would be when all the sirens started screaming. Some bright spark, who's probably dead now, sounded the spate the spaceport alarms. The Defiant, that was our WUC protection ship, had transmitted an alert to, to let us know that unfriendly people with big guns had arrived. Interviewer, how do you know the Defiant transmitted a warning? Katie, I'm good with computers. I wanted to know what was going on in the port, so I took a look. Interviewer, you evacuated at that stage? Katie, you make it sound like it was way more organized than it was. Interviewer, how was it? Katie, all kittens and rainbows, apart from the screaming and explosions. Interviewer, how did you make it out? Katie, I'm a lateral thinker. Interviewer, meaning you used the computer? Katie, meaning I broke open a window. Interviewer, oh. Katie, I had a truck in the parking lot. I borrowed my mom's because I didn't want to have to take the tube home with him. Having the truck there saved my life. I saw one of my teachers in the lot and this chunk of metal came screaming from the sky and interviewer, Miss Grant, Katie. I had this moment when I thought I left the keys in my desk and I pulled apart my bag and threw stuff everywhere. I guess I knew I wouldn't need any of that stuff again. Isn't that weird? But I found the keys at the bottom and, and jumped in. And just as I started the engine, I looked across and he was standing right there staring at me. I swear. Interviewer, hold on. Their survivor list is refreshing. What was the name you were after? Katie, Ezra Mason. Interviewer, oh, we have him. He's on the Alexander. Katie, inaudible. Interviewer, 
Are you okay to continue, Mr. Mason? Ezra, I'm all right, my shoulder hurts. Interviewer, I'll have an orderly bring you some more meds. You were saying about the escape from school? Ezra, never seen anything like it. Just this crush of people screaming, teachers, students, I mean, we knew each other. Colony that isolated, everybody pretty much knows everyone. But it was like they all just lost it. I remember getting pushed along with a mob and wondering why the hallway was soft under my boots. And then I realized what I was walking on. Interviewer, so how did you get out? Ezra, I'm six foot five, played point defense on the school G-ball team. One time I hit this receiver so hard they had to ID him with DNA. Interviewer, where did you go after the first missile strike? Ezra, everyone was headed to the tube station, but I figured a tin can in an underground ice tunnel was the last place you want to be when the bombs were going off. So, interviewer, wait, you, you have a subway system? I thought this settlement was illegal. Ezra, chum, the Carinza mines operated undetected for 20 years. Whole families live there. You know how far from the core we are, right? Interviewer, maybe further than you think. Ezra, what's that supposed to mean? Interviewer, nothing, I'm sorry. Interviewer, you, you were saying about the subway? Ezra, yeah, right. Basically, I didn't want to risk it down there, so I lit out of there like a fire, like through the fire escape, doubled back into the parking lot, which might not have been the best plan since I didn't have wheels. And I'm looking around and the sky is raining fire and I'm freezing because a wind chill on Carenza could hit 40 below on a bad day. And there she was. Who? Ezra, my ex-girlfriend, who dumped me maybe three hours before. So that was awkward. Interviewer, what did you do? Ezra, well, I figured there was a good chance she'd just run me over if I stood in front of her truck. So I knocked on the window and said something like, lovely day for a drive. And at that point, the southeastern anti-missile battery got vaporized by what I assume was a missile. So maybe you might want to note in your report that those things don't, you know, stop missiles. Interviewer. So she let you in? Ezra, she let me in. I guess she figured she didn't hate me enough to let me get X'd out by the, the Bitech kill squad. She had to think about it for a minute though. Interviewer, how did you know Bitech was behind the attack? Ezra, I think the biggest giveaway was the Hue Bitech logo on the warship hovering overhead. I dropped out, it dropped out of the clouds and was X, Xing the rest of the defense silos by then. Interviewer, by worship, you mean the Bitech Dreadnought Lincoln? Ezra, yeah, that's them. Wait, yeah, that's it. Interviewer, so what happened next? Katie, we took off out of the parking lot like we were in a chase scene. Some moron had parked and blocked the exit, but the truck was all terrain, so we rammed it. Interviewer, what was it like outside the school? Katie, there was a lot of explosions and a lot of dead people, dead civilians who worked uh, in the mining company. I mean, can you imagine you're an interstellar corporation, right? And you discover an illegal mining op run by one of your competitors. Do you A, report it to the UTA and laugh at all the, as the fines roll in? Or B, do you jump in an attack fleet and X out every man, woman, and child on the planet? What was biotech thinking? Interviewer. What you and I need to do is focus on what happened on Carinza. Gathering intel on the attack is the best thing we can do to help right now. Katie, I can't believe this. Interviewer, Miss Grant. Katie, okay, fine. We took the main artery and Ezra turned on the radio. 
For a second, I thought the idiot was looking for the right soundtrack or something, but then there was an emerging emergency broadcast and they were telling us to get to the spaceport and our research fleet was going to send down shuttles to ferry us all out to orbit. Interviewer. So you turn for the spaceport? Ezra. Yep. I turned on the radio to find some way, you know, some getaway music, but there was an emergency broadcast telling us to hit the port for evacuation. So that's what we tried to do. But there were cars everywhere and some trucks had overturned on the strip. Katie nearly flipped us. And when I offered to drive, well, she called me a not very nice name. Interviewer. I see. Ezra. I can repeat it if you want, but interviewer. That's fine, Mr. Mason. Ezra. Mr. Mason is my dad and you still won't tell me why I can't see him. Interviewer. We need you properly debriefed before you can have any civilian contact. Mr. Mason, I mean, Ezra. Ezra. Civilian contact? Well, he's my father, chum. You guys still have fathers, right? Or does everyone in the great United Terran Authority get grown up in a vat nowadays? Interviewer. Why don't you just tell us what happened next? Ezra. Well, Biotech blew the spaceport. That's what happened next. Popped a half dozen missiles and turned it into a smoking hole in the ice. I played G-ball with one of the ground crew guys, Rob Flynn Burton, our next door neighbor. He worked the quarantine base. There was this girl, Jody Kingston. I've known her since eighth grade and she uh, worked the port con rigs. She was interviewer Ezra. Ezra, wow, I just realized she was the first girl I'd ever kissed. Interviewer, do, do you need a, min a minute? Katie, no, I need to get this done. Once the spaceport was gone, it was hard to, uh, Nowhere to head. Mostly we were just dodging explosions. The ground was shaking and at first I thought it was a missile hitting and then I realized the impact was cracking the ice shelf underneath the colony's foundation. Interviewer, do you have a background in geology? Katie, I'm 17, of course I don't, but there were these huge cracks opening up in the ground big enough to lose a car down and before you ask that how I know I it, it happened, I, I saw it happen. There were kids Interviewer, so you were driving through the city and what happened next? Katie, Ezra wanted to find his father. He works at the refinery, but I told him we couldn't get through the crowd that we'd be, that'd be streaming out. His dad, he's a big guy, like Ez. I told him that they would be evacuating together and we'd have to trust him to keep his feet. We uh, went in there, someone might have jacked the truck and then we'd be in trouble. I saw a woman pull the guy off, the, off a quad bike and take off on it with her kid. I saw a security officer shoot a guy trying to climb into the back of his truck. We weren't gonna make it far as a refinery. I wanted to go for my mom instead and my cousin, Asha, but dad was off world and he works rotation on the um, jump station Hemdal. So it's just mom and me. She's a pathologist, so she did research work at the med center and Asha was training there. Interviewer, do you need me to look up your mother's name on the list? Katie, no, she made it out. She's on the Hypatia. I saw her before my interview. Interviewer, and your cousin? Katie, no, she didn't. Interviewer, I'm sorry. Katie, yeah. Interviewer, so did Ezra see reason? Did, did you go find your mother? Katie, we started. Ezra's mom isn't around, so mine has spent years feeding him. I think she was more upset about the breakup than anyone. We were heading for the lab, and by this time, there were people in the streets riding in all terrains, some on quad bikes, folks on foot. The ground was cracking. There were chunks of 
uh, breaking off of buildings. And all the time, there's this huge biotech ship in the sky pounding our defense with missiles. Shuttles were lifting off with civvies evacuating. It was so loud, I thought my ears were going to bleed. And over the top of all this, Ezra chooses then to start considering and criticizing my driving skills. Interviewer, it's hard to believe you guys broke up. <laughs>